This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by the Rope Trainer. And as John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. So make sure you check out theropetrainer.com today. The wonderful training device for those young arms, older arms, doesn't really matter. Uh, brought to us, of course, by my great friends Earl Perrin, the wonderful trainer Chris Verna, famous trainer Chris Verna, and of course, the Hall of Famer John Smoltz. Give them an opportunity, theropetrainer.com. You won't be disappointed. Interesting show today. Um, been getting a lot of emails, a lot of uh, messages, people asking for suggestions about tournaments. I've done some shows in the past where I've had some guys on where we've kind of talked about tournaments, their role in the development of teams, what they're really for. And again, not to, to um, what's the word I'm looking for here, not to bash on anybody for what they do. I, again, I, to each his own. I say it all the time. As parents, we decide where we take our kids and what we do with them. I challenge you to always do your homework and make sure it fits what you ideally are looking for. But when you decide to play on a team, you should go into it knowing what the ideology is. Um, You should go into it knowing how they approach things like that. Tournaments typically, uh, (laughs) uh, especially at the younger ages, are designed to be just that. Tournaments where we crown a winner and you do what you do to win. Now, not everybody approaches it that way, and I applaud them for that. Nothing wrong with winning. Go out and win all you want, but try to do it the right way. Um, We've talked at length on here about the right way, as I know some of you out there shaking your head right now going, what's wrong with winning? There's nothing wrong with winning. Never said there was. Um, And I know you're shaking your head out there, some of you, because I still get messages. Jim, I don't understand why you criticize us because we care about winning. I'm I'm not. (laughs) I have no idea. I haven't seen you. I don't know what you do. If I showed up and you were pitching the same kids on Saturday and Sunday in an effort to win a three dollar trophy then yes i would criticize you so take it you know if if you're if you're questioning it then chances are it might apply to you i've, I've always said that if you're shaking your head and wanting to argue with me about it chances are i am talking to you but i don't know that i have no idea of knowing how you do it um i know i did it wrong i i got my hand up i i've admitted on here numerous times to my own faults and mistakes that i made and tried to correct them and still was not perfect of course all I'm saying is, is take a look at what you're doing, how you're doing it, and why you do it. But the bottom line is, if you're listening to the show, you're going to do it. So we wanted to talk a little bit today about the planning that goes into a season, most notably the tournaments and the roles they play. This is all sparked by a couple of things. Number one, um, my thought process in this being, A, I used to do this for years, and this is about the time I'd start getting really serious because I'd try to have a meeting before the holidays with my parents, and I'd try to lay out to them some ideas, especially the traveling tournaments. That way, you know, vacations and things like that, you know, you try to give your parents a lot of communication to make their life easy so that behind the scenes they're not going, I don't know, man, does this guy just think I can do this and I can do that? Try to be upfront and honest with them and say, guys, I did some research. Here we go. These are the ones that I know are a little bit tougher. Going into the thing, you know we're going to play X amount of tournaments locally. The travel ones can be of issue, so I want to give them to you. I want to find out, A, is there any uh, conflicts, like family vacations, things like that? Do we have enough players? B, does everybody feel like this is affordable for them for the cost that you will incur? The team, I don't know how you're structured. Maybe your team covers this. They da-da-da-da-da-da. Maybe you have a fundraiser, whatever. 
I haven't even gotten into the, hey, let's take a week-long trip. Let's do an experience. That's a whole other animal, right? We've talked about that on here at great lengths with our friend Joe Molinaro, like with Ripken. And, and you know, I've mentioned on here that one of my teams went to Cooperstown. All great experiences, but all a, a part of planning. Somebody's planning all this. Now, might be you as the coach, might be you as team mom, might be you as the manager. I, I have no idea. It might be a group effort, which is great, too. But I thought I'd address it today because I'm starting to get a lot of people going, hey, Jim, you know, I listen to this and I listen to you say this. And, of course, when people listen to me talk about tournaments and ideally how you should structure them, one for development, two for health. Well, you know, how do I do it? So, you know, I'm like, okay, well, go back and listen. I told you how to approach it now. It always comes back to, well, but if we do that, we're playing in these tournaments and I'm not quite sure we have a chance to win. Well, (laughs) okay, I, I get it. So that being said, as you look at tournaments, and my challenge will be to you to take a look at those, and really, uh, at the end of the day, it is a challenge of what I'll ask you to do. So, probably not even what you're thinking right now. Oh, here he goes again. He's going to tell me, go to the tournaments and don't worry about winning and let everybody play. Ah, da, 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 da. I know, but that's not where this is going. So, that being said, um, I'm going to talk a little bit today about the planning process. Some challenges for you as coaches, team managers, parents, players, Things that I want you to think about when planning for 2018. Before I do that, I want to remind you to check us out at youthbaseballtalk.com. That's our website. It's where you can listen to, maybe you're listening to the current show on there. You can listen to all the shows. One of the things that people have been doing, and we appreciate it greatly, that find us. A lot of people uh, go to the website and they go back and listen to our whole catalog. I mean, we're getting up. I mean, we've been doing this now for three years. we got an awful lot of shows. People are going back and still listening to the very first one we ever did, and we appreciate it. Kind of like some binge listening. I've had some of you reach out to me and say, Jim, I found your show, and I'm like on episode 30. I mean, I've got 100 to go, whatever it is. So thank you, and we appreciate it. Uh, A lot of the content is all relevant, and it's all interesting. Um, Hope you're enjoying that, and we encourage any new listeners, go back. I've had some tremendous guests on here. Uh, Again, it's not about me. It's the guests have been great. Uh, All I try to do is spark conversation and interest. Um, Share some stories, thoughts, things make you go, hmm, stuff like that. But go to Youth Baseball Talk. Uh, Again, you can listen to the back catalog. You can also subscribe to the show, which is completely free, by clicking the subscribe to the podcast button. It'll walk you through it. The show will be ready to go on your mobile device the minute we release the show by doing so, and it is absolutely free. It's also your way into the catalog through iTunes, and you can download all the shows and listen to them at your leisure. The other thing you can do at youthbaseballtalk.com, and we always ask this of you, but especially with the holidays right now, you can do your Amazon shopping through our website, Uh, You click on the Amazon banner down on the right. It takes you to Amazon. You're done with us. Uh, Bottom line is, anything you buy, we get a very small referral fee, and it helps us with production costs. Some of you always buy stuff through there, but, you know, there might be a lot of baseball, a lot of stuff going on. So if you wouldn't mind doing that, we'd appreciate it, and it would definitely help us, as I'm sure you're spending a lot of holiday time online right now. At Podcast Baseballs, where you'll find us on Twitter, our ask is find us on Twitter, like our uh, Twitter page, jump in on some of the conversations. I share a lot of things. Um, be happy to, to, to communicate with you through Twitter. We are at Podcast Baseball. Uh, Facebook is where we'd like to make a little more hay. Um, we started out really well. Things have gotten a little stagnant on Facebook. Our ask of you is find us on Youth Baseball Talk. It's very simple. Go to Facebook, search bar, type in Youth Baseball Talk. My ask of you is this, like our Facebook page. Um, if you're just liking our Facebook page or if you've already liked our Facebook page, please, please, please go back in there. Find that little button down on the right that says invite your friends. Get in there. It'll let you scroll through your list. 
Invite your friends that you know are involved in this wonderful game. We would love to have them be a part of our Facebook page, get involved in the conversations, abilities for us to share stories, and get the content out to more people. When you see us share the thing on Facebook, the actual show, if you would share that in an effort for us to reach more baseball people, we would greatly appreciate it. You can find us at Youth Baseball Talk on Instagram as well. We don't do a whole lot on there as it's a little hard to, to do what we do on there, but we get engaged in it a little bit. Uh, special thanks to lineupmedia.fm for, for hosting our show here at these wonderful studios, putting it together to make it sound official with our wonderful segments that we have from all the people involved. Uh, they're the fastest growing podcast company on the planet, folks. They take your entertainment time very seriously. Check them out, lineupmedia.fm. You'll find another show worth your entertainment time, I promise you. Okay, let's get into this. So as a coach, one of the things I would do about this time of year is I'd start reaching out and I'd start thinking, okay, where am I going to play my league games? Because not everybody plays in a league where you show up and play at one place. A lot of teams, a lot of things, you have to find your own diamond. Well, then that means you got to find your own practice place. Am I going to practice in the winter? So these are all things that go into planning for 2018. My suggestion to you is, and some of you have probably done this before and you have your own routine, but i got a lot of people that are like, man, I'm new to this. How do I do this? Number one, think early, think often, and communicate. Lastly, don't hesitate to ask for help. Okay? So... Obviously, the first thing that comes, for, especially for a team in the Midwest, is always going to be, where do I practice indoors if I'm going to do that? Um, typically, a lot of teams, especially here that I know of, um, there are some teams that, that do little stuff year-round, but it typically ramps up pretty hard in about January as the youth teams are preparing to start by April 1. Some of them start as early as March, and that's fine. But typically, people try to get inside somewhere in January. Now, there's more and more places popping up left and right, everything from small batting cages to pitching lanes to big, huge facilities where you can actually take infield and fly balls and all that kind of stuff. So my 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 ask of you is, is as you plan that out, get out there, do your homework, search around, find something that works for you. My challenge to you is this. While taking the time in the offseason to say, okay, I'm going to get the group together, we're going to take some grounders, and we're going to play some catch, and we're going to take some swings. Add a little bit of athletic training into what you're doing, especially when you have the opportunity to get your group together. Uh, I, we're learning more and more and more as the game of baseball becomes more complicated about the role of being an athlete plays in being a better player, but also in being able to do the things that are necessary to be successful, especially at the next level, that term that we throw around a lot. My challenge to you, add some athletic training into it, and I think you'll find that it'll do a lot for you as far as helping your players become better. Really, at the end of the day, it also makes them much more susceptible to what you're trying to teach them. It's hard to teach somebody that can't do something how to do something. Well, hey, help them become a better athlete, and maybe they can do some of the things you're asking them to do. So that's my first challenge on the winter thing. Um, typically, uh, after talking to a lot of people, uh, you know, the younger ages, one day a week. Uh, you get to the older ages, sometimes you see two days a week. Uh, and then when I say older, I mean maybe that, that, that 12, 13, 14, younger ages. And then again, it all ebbs and flows, right? If you want to do twice a week, I mean, there's some, believe me, I know you're doing three, four, five, whatever. I, I, I'm not here to tell you. But ideally, for people that are getting into this, when you're younger, you know, try to get together once a week. Hopefully the kids in, are, are playing other sports and doing other things. But ultimately, that's typically what I see. When they get to high school and things get a little more specialized, you start seeing programs where they do a lot of work over the winter, not just one thing. I mean, again, you'll see athletic training, hitting training, arm, cha arm care training, um, all that kind of stuff that will that'll morph over into multiple days. 
you'll start planning for, do we play in a league? How does the league work? Do I need to find diamonds? Do I need to find practice time? This is what's proved more so troublesome in our area is there's not enough diamonds here for what everybody needs. You know, you play in the Midwest, especially there's a lot of rain. So, you know, you boy, you love to have access to a turf field, blah, blah, blah. These are all things that take time. So you might want to start looking into it. Don't leave any stone unturned on this one, folks. If you think there's an opportunity out there for you, maybe a school. Uh, I know people that got creative and, and went to some private schools and actually rented out for their younger teams. The, salt, the girls' softball diamond was perfect for them. Um, you know, be creative. Uh, find some opportunities. I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. One of the fields we used, we drove by a church for years years I say years I was only here a couple years drove by this church almost every day they had this huge field off to the side and they had a baseball diamond there and you could tell that nobody had used this diamond for a while we approached the church and said hey would you let us take care of this diamond and use it and they were like absolutely as long as when you're not using it we can do stuff with it it was a great marriage worked out great for us there's a lot of things, there's a lot of ways to skin this cat, folks. Sometimes it takes a little effort, little elbow grease, little 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 help from your team. That's why I always say don't hesitate to ask for help, but it can be done. So think outside the box. That's my challenge to you there when you get faced with these challenges. Don't just, well, you know, everybody's doing it this way. Think outside the box. Find yourself something to do. It's a real creative process trying to find somewhere to practice and play your games and do all this kind of stuff that can lead to some great scenarios and situations for you. So... Uh, that's what you have there. The big one always, of course, is tournaments. Tournaments consume our weekends um, with multiple games, and tournaments give you instant gratification if you do well, You know, whereas league sometimes takes three months and you know, you're playing league games. and Some people view league as a way to develop, and then they get serious in tournaments, which is fine. But tournaments ultimately at the end of the day is what a lot of people are really into here, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we played in a ton of tournaments, and we did well and then didn't do so well, and our kids loved to win, and we loved to win, and we had a great time, have some unbelievable memories, did the Ripken thing at Myrtle Beach. It was to the, I just I, my son still talks about that trip. How could you not? Playing baseball during the day, hanging out at the beach with your friends at night at 12 years old. I mean, it was an unbelievable trip. Uh, my other son really enjoyed Cooperstown, the staying in the barracks with his friends for a week and no parents. Parents are off living somewhere, and when the game's over, they go one way, parents go another. I, tremendous. I, there's all kinds of things out there. Do your research. How do you do it, Jim? How, you know, what do I do? Well, number one, you've heard me say on here a thousand times over, the Google machine, okay? You guys have heard my friend Spiker Helms had joined me on the show for, for a time, and you know things just get busy with us and stuff like that, so I'm kind of back to doing it by myself again as this guy is about as busy as they come. But the reality of it is one of the things that he does that is a tremendous asset to a ton of people is tournament guy. And it, you know there's, all kind, there's different sites out there where you can go to one place, type in your region, and you can start looking at tournaments, right? And all the local tournament companies put their stuff on there, blah, blah, blah. Tournament guy is a great one. And I love it. They're national. You can check them out. They're making affiliations all over the place. This one's a good one. TheTournamentGuy.com. Really cool. Lots of cool stuff. They do a lot of interesting things through there as well. They have a lot of fun with it. They have a lot of uh, uh, opportunities for you to do things through there, contests, things like that. I'm telling you, they've made it. It's never been easier. But when you get on there, you'll see they got featured locations. Dallas, Indianapolis, Las Vegas, St. Louis, Cincinnati. All kinds of stuff, guys. They got opportunities out the wazoo for you to check out. And again, the tournament guy 
Whether you get on Twitter and check them out at Tourney Guy, go to Facebook, their Tournament Guy page. A lot of fun stuff as well. So it's a really interesting uh, uh, thing they're doing there. It's a great, great deal. So that being said, they make it really easy for you to get on there and say, okay, here's all the tournaments in my area as of now. If I want to put a schedule together, how does this one rate? How does this do? Da, da, da. Now, you're going to take into account a lot of things when doing a tournament. Number one, you've probably by now started asking your parents to give you Hey, I know it's, you know, things aren't always locked down, but if you know for sure you're going to be gone these weekends, I need to know. So you may have already started doing that. If you haven't, I suggest you do. A lot of people plan vacations way in advance for a variety of reasons. And if they haven't, they're sometimes willing to work with you as well. So communicate that as well. Uh, you never want to find yourself short in a tournament, especially when you're playing that many games in sometimes 36 hours and you blah, blah, blah about the pitching. You don't want to leave yourself short. So there you have it. That being said, put a put the best schedule together you can based on what your your availability. You know, you probably try to take some time off to give people family time, whether it be like we tried to stay away from some of the holidays to allow families to double dip. Not only did we give families weekends off, we allowed it to be around holidays so they could take trips, blah, 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 right? That's what we did. I'm not saying it's the way to do it, but we did it. I know a lot of people try to do it that way. Now that being said, my challenge to you is this. One of, the th- one of my pet peeves, AAA teams playing AA. AA teams playing single A. Drives me crazy. Now, well, Jim, we're a really good AA team, but we're definitely not a AAA team. Well, why not? Well, I mean, we just won't be able to win up there. Well, I, number one, I, I guarantee you'll win when you describe winning, so you're not going to walk away with the trophy every weekend. Again, my short story on this all the time is when we were uh, nine years old, ten years old. I can't. It was one of the two years because now we're just the farther we get away from it, the farther. Remember, whatever year it was, we won six tournaments, and I think we finished second in two, and then we had one that was a real stinker. And I went to my parents after the season, our season, and I said, "Listen, I want to get you all ready for this. We are moving up next year." Oh well, it's probably a good idea. And I said, "Oh, I, it is a good idea, and I'm glad everybody's on board, but I'm going to give you the reality of it." We are a very, very, very good double-A team because we play really good defense. We throw a lot of strikes. But we don't have the big kids on our team that hit the ball a long way. We don't have the flamethrowers on our team. My guess is is we're going to go up there and we're going to get it handed to us pretty good. But we'll compete because we are really good fundamentally and we play the game the right way. And that is exactly what happened. For the next couple years, we may have won one tournament, finished second maybe once, Made it to some sem- made it to some semifinals. Had a couple stinkers where we got absolutely dominated, not played. But our kids got better, and our parents were on board. And it wasn't always easy, right? It's just like anything else. But that's the challenge, guys. You got to challenge your kids. The game's not easy, so why would you make it easy for them? Here's my favorite one: Our kids need some confidence, Jim. If we go up there, they're just going to get the hell beat out of them. Okay, that's a little bit different. If you go up there and get the hell beat out of you all the time, well, then you are in the wrong class. But we all know that that's not the case for who I'm talking to here. And if you are sitting there going, he's t- does he think he's talking to me? Then I probably am. Ask yourself. Be honest with yourself. Ask yourself if you're good enough to play at that level. The question is not, can I win at that level? Can I play at that level? And go challenge yourself. You know what? I think that year where we had some success, we actually moved up and played in a couple of tournaments. If I remember now, I'm going back. We did. We played in a couple, didn't win. But you know what? I think we may have won a game 
was in a game type thing and showed that, you know what, our fundamentals and our ability to throw strikes will be enough to help us compete. But, of course, you look across the diamond and you see that 10-year-old kid that's six foot tall and 150 pounds and hits the ball a mile, and then they bring some kid in throwing, you know, 65 miles an hour at 10 years old and blah, 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 and you sit here and go, man, it's going to be really – but guess what? You know, you get better and you work hard at it. So look at your situation honestly and ask yourself, what are we doing here? And that's my challenge to you. My challenge to you is always going to be when you play in these tournaments, man, if you can find them – I mean, I know it stinks. What kills me is everybody's like, ooh, I like this one. It's Saturday, Sunday. We don't have to worry about a Friday night game. We asked for every Friday night game we could get. And why do you think we did that? We did it because I threw a lot of kids one inning Friday night because then I knew they were available on Sunday. I mean, you can throw one inning and pitch the next day, but I knew if I threw them one inning on Friday that I was really good on Sunday. And I'm telling you, I'm back on it again. You better be taking care of these kids. They are. You can say, well, I'm not their parent. They're your responsibility based on how you treat them and what you do to them. You're darn right it is. If you can look yourself in the mirror and say, well, okay, but I got to wake up with myself every day and so do you. And you better be careful with these kids. And again, I'm not even saying some of the stuff that you could do anything about. But wouldn't we err on the side of caution? Would you stick your kid in a room with a snake just because chances are he'll be okay? I mean, would you stick him in there? Would you stick him in there if he went in there and there was a trophy on the other end by the snake? Would you do that? Go get that trophy? Chances are you'll be okay. Okay? My point is, well, maybe chances. Depends on what kind of snake it is, I guess. That being said, and that maybe that wasn't the greatest analogy, but that's kind of where I was going, right? I mean... Sometimes it's, you know, I, I heard this the other day. I haven't heard this in a long time. It was in a great movie. Is the juice worth the squeeze? You know, winning's great, man. Feels great. Does all this. If you want a bunch of games at 11, 12 years old, overthrowing kids, and two years later, you notice that you got a lot of kids that just their arms are shot. Was it worth it? Was the juice worth the squeeze? Anyway, just some thoughts. And again, as you go into 2018, these are all types of things. And again, I love the tournament guy because I know those guys. They've worked really hard. They have a tremendous brand. they got a tremendous product. Check them out. If you don't find what you need there, you can easily Google some search words and find it. But I tell you what, you're really going to enjoy the tournament guy. It's great stuff. Spiker, Ryan, they take what they do extremely serious. It's fun. They understand what it is. They want to give a a good experience. They're knee-deep in it, right? So they're not doing it from the outside and doing things that you're like, I don't understand why they're doing it. They're knee-deep in it. They get it. They understand it. They know. They've researched. They know what people want. They're trying to make it fun. Bring the fun back into this thing, right? So, again, that's just kind of some things that I'm thinking about because, you know, especially right now, a lot of people are like, oh, thinking about new gloves and new bats and spikes and things like that with Christmas coming around. Well, I promise you on all your teams, there's a guy or a, or a, la- or a nice lady or, or you know, a, a team mom or a team dad or a coach or a manager. Somebody right now spending a lot of hours right now planning for 2018. And again, I'm not saying like, hey, you should feel bad because you're out Christmas shopping and this guy's at home playing the tournament. That wasn't my point. My point is somebody right now is giving of their time and setting up your 2018. So I'm just trying to offer some advice on some things you may want to think about as you go into it, because especially for some people that maybe have done it and, have, and like, man, I must be doing something wrong, or for all my people that are new to it, or for some people, yeah, for my challenges, maybe you've done it and you, you're, you're listening to me going, huh, well, that's us. 
maybe I am challenging you to think about how you do it a little bit outside the box. Again, just, just my thoughts, and you can throw them in the trash, do what you want with them. But again, there's a lot of planning that goes into this, folks. I hope, A, you appreciate the people that are doing it for your team. Uh, I hope you enjoy what they do. Um, B, if, if, if you do have a team mom, if you do have a coach and you're listening to this, uh, be careful when you start criticizing. That was always a, a pet peeve. We had a guy on our team, that was his pet peeve. He couldn't stand all the work we put into it. We had a couple of parents that, little comments, nothing awful, but little snide comments sometimes, and he always wanted to say, well, why don't you do it? But he never did. But, you know, you can get that. So be careful what you say. Be careful knowing that somebody spent a lot of time and effort and energy into this. Also know this, the best laid plans don't always work out, right? This really looked good on paper. Man, this looked like a great tournament and everything. Things change, man. I cannot tell you the number of times I had to change on the fly. Hey, Jim, I know you're supposed to play this weekend, but uh, you know what? You were signed up for double A. We got two teams signed up. Sorry. Oh, it's Wednesday. <laughs> you know, and you start calling around. I mean, a lot of work goes into this, folks. Hey, you know what? We, we're scheduled to play this week. We didn't play last week. We're not playing next weekend. I can't go to my parents and say, let's play next weekend because I got four kids out of town. You know what? Just move us up an age. We'll play double A and move up an age and challenge my kids. And then you show – this is a scenario I'm giving you because this happened. I know this happened. You know what? We're 13. We'll play 14. Just move us up because we want to play. I'll challenge my kids. And then you show up. And some things happen in the games, and it's obvious that, you know, your kids are 13, the distances change, and then you hear a little bit, well, I just, you know, these distances, this is stupid. We shouldn't have done it. Uh, time out, folks. <laughs> time out. Careful, right? Somebody's trying to do the best job they can. Now, something really crazy and nutty and stuff goes on, and you got good communication, then talk about it. But sometimes as simple as, well, it's going to be hard for us to compete this weekend at these ages. So what? <laughs> so you lose. That's the losing and winning part of this whole thing that drives me crazy. It's like when people tell me all the time, you know, doing it your way, I don't, you know, how, how did you win? And I said, sometimes we didn't. And guess what? We went home and we showed back up for the next game and we played and everybody was fine. Nobody was mentally scarred. Sorry. <laughs> Anyway, that's my uh, thoughts today on preparing for 2018. Uh, I hope I mentioned one or two things in there maybe that was helpful. Again, you can listen to a lot of back episodes and listen to some great people talk about the things that they can offer you. Again, I've interviewed Spiker and them guys on Tournament Guy. You can go back and listen to that episode and talk to them about it, but I encourage you more just to check them out. Um, I've talked to Joe Morinaro about the Ripken tournaments. I, I mean, on and on and on, right? So, um Again, I've, I've had, you know, and then, you know, so I've talked to a guy that owns the site where you can go find tournaments. I've talked to a guy that can tell you about week-long tournaments. And then more importantly, for my concern, I've had a Division One baseball coach that's knee-deep in the youth baseball, too, sit here and tell you, yeah, you might want to think about playing four games in 30 hours when you're 9 and 10 years old and the toll it takes on the body and the wear and tear injuries. and things. Just some thoughts, just general thoughts, right? So anyway, hope you enjoy it. Uh, go back and check them out, and we appreciate it as well. Um, going to move on now to a great segment that everybody's really enjoying. A lot of people are enjoying it because of his passion, because of what he brings to the table, uh, his love for the game of baseball. That's Kurt McNabb, and he always brings us the Rope Report. Is brought to you by theropetrainer.com. As John Smoltz says, everyone should have one for big leaguers to little leaguers. So check out theropetrainer.com. 
Kurt McNabb couldn't have been a better choice for the guys at the at the rope to uh, to to bring you an episode each week, a segment as if you will, um, a, you know, including the rope trainer and his thoughts and just basically talking about baseball and the things that go on. So let's hear from Kirk this week uh, again from Dirtbag Baseball Nation, my friend and yours, Kurt McNabb. Take it away, Kurt. Thanks, Jim, and I hope you, the gang of Youth Baseball Talk, and all our American dirtbags had a fantastic Thanksgiving last week. It's great to have you all back and listening in on the Rope Report. And if you're new to the show, then I thank you for joining us. As Jim mentioned, I'm Kirk McNabb of Dirtbag Baseball Nation, and I am the voice of the Rope Report here weekly with Jim on Youth Baseball Talk. If you've been a follower from back in May when I started the Rope Report, you'll know that I've covered everything from why MLB Hall of Fame and broadcaster John Smoltz, professional athletic trainer Chris Verna, and myself believe in the rope trainer and how it's an absolute must training tool for every player from Little League to the pros. I personally believe in it so much that I nicknamed it your throwing buddy with players we work with personally as well as here on the rope report for all you dirtbags. I've talked about all things in different ways and all the different ways that you can use the rope trainer as a player or as a coach in helping to make your practices more effective and efficient. So, if you are new to the show, you can go back and listen to any of the episodes to get caught up, or you can email me directly at info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com to find out anything and everything about the rope trainer and why I believe every player should have one, just like they have a glove or batting gloves and a helmet. It improves your arm health by forcing you to use your entire body when used properly. It's a self-training tool so you don't need someone telling you how to use it properly. You will learn how to throw properly, but more importantly, you'll learn how to feel when you are throwing properly, and this is a must part of throwing or pitching if you want any chance at having sustainable success. On the last episode, I talked about knowledge is power, and I want to continue building off of that as we move forward here on the Rope Report. Because you all know my goal for all of you is to educate you on how to achieve sustainable success with your throwing in general, but especially if you or your child is a pitcher. The only way a pitcher or, or sorry, a player or a pitcher can have sustainable success is to understand that they must connect their physical abilities with their personal knowledge and of what is needed or expected of them and why it's required. We call this our mindset development, and this is what sets us apart. How do I know this? I've gained this knowledge from my personal experiences as a college pitcher, as well as from coaching, instructing, mentoring, and researching players, coaches, and parents for the last 25 years, as well as through ongoing conversations with some like-minded people who have reached out since I started the Rope Report. Nolan and Braden are recent grads who also work with us, and they can verify this 100% that they never heard of the phrase mindset development in their playing careers outside of training with me. They realize, like myself, from all this research and personal experiences, that this vital component is being left out at all levels in how players are trained, and we have to break this cycle. There is no shortage of physical and mechanical philosophies on how we train. But there is a total disconnect on how we develop the player's mindset at every level. And that's because most coaches and trainers don't know how to build this into their program. 
I realize there will be people fall on both sides of this issue, and I can't worry about the naysayers anymore, because if you truly step back and think this through by yourself, without outside influence, you will know what I'm saying is 100% true. Whether it's you personally as a player, your son or daughter, or a player you coach. When they quote-unquote fail during a game, we blame it on them physically most times, but if you were actually to talk to them and they felt confident enough to answer you honestly, they would come back and tell you that they couldn't handle the stress of the situation that they were in because they didn't understand how to deal with it in the first place. The mindset development part of our program for players, parents, and coaches is our number one priority at Dirtbag Baseball Nation. We know absolutely that if we only focus on developing them physically or mechanically, we are actually building them to ultimately fail when they get to a level where the rest of the players have the same physical abilities. What separates them is building your mindset. And it has to be done from the time a player starts playing baseball or sports in general. But it does not because the importance of this connection in your overall development isn't understood, isn't respected, and it's not able to be included based on who the coach or instructor is because of their personal fear of failing the player or the parents. So it's easier to avoid this altogether. We don't do this. Trust me that for these reasons, it's being almost completely left out of player development at every single level of baseball. I've said it before, and I'll repeat it right now. If you're only training physically and never being told or taught to think critically about why this will help you or won't, then how can you possibly reach your full potential? You are 100% correct. You will never, ever reach your full potential because you don't even know what your full potential could be or what it realistically is going to take to get there. I'm going to stop right here, dirtbags, because I hope you'll go back and replay this over again as often as you need to. And if you really care about your personal growth, your child's or your players, then reach out to us by email at info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com or on Instagram or Facebook by going to at Dirtbag Baseball Nation. I give you my personal guarantee that any and all conversations and dialogue are 100% confidential. Again, I give you my personal guarantee that any and all conversations and dialogue are 100% confidential. I can't thank you enough for listening in, but listening in isn't good enough. If you truly want to be the best you possibly, the best you possible in this game and in life, And it takes a love for this game, a passion to being better, and a let's get dirty attitude every day. And we want to help you reach and live your dreams. We can't thank Jim and the Rope Trainer enough for being committed to our vision of helping every one of you reach your full potential. Until next week, I'm Kirk McNabb of Dirtbag Baseball Nation, and I challenge each and every one of you to expand your overall baseball mindset. Great stuff, buddy. Really appreciate you and your passion. Again, I'm happy and proud to have you on the show, just as I am my affiliation with everyone over at The Rope Trainer. Again, check that out, theropetrainer.com. As John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Check it out today. 
All right, my other good friend who I think a lot of, and boy, this is his time of year to shine. I got to tell you, if you have not checked out EliteBaseball.tv yet, you are doing yourself a disservice. Again, very, I mean, I'm talking pennies, pennies for the instruction you get. EliteBaseball.tv, all the money you're going to spend on this game, this is pennies, and it's worth its weight in gold. This guy is tremendous. I've said it once, I'll say it again. If you find yourself in a situation where you get to hear him speak, do so. Him or Travis Kerber, both phenomenal. They run a quality organization, but more importantly, their training is second to none. Make sure you check out EliteBaseball.tv today. Let's go to Justin Stone now with his EliteBaseball.tv training tip of the week. Take it away. Thanks, Jim. Justin Stone with EliteBaseball.tv coming to you with the tip of the week. And while you're starting to think about the holiday season, after Thanksgiving, holiday season is coming, you might not be thinking a lot about spring and summer baseball. But I'm telling you one thing, in terms of your swing adjustments and building your swing for next season, you're running out of time. So as you think about the holiday season, it's time now to put it in high gear of getting your swing adjustments and your swing for next season built prior to the new year. And here's why. I mentioned between Halloween and Christmas is the time to work on individual adjustments. It's time to build an efficient swing. It's time to think about some of the inefficiencies you might have had, some of the things you didn't do as well during last summer season and fall, and work on your body in terms of building a better swing pattern. But when we get to January 1st, guys, it's time to work on timing. It's time to get ready to use that swing to hit in the game. And what I'm telling you come January is your swing at that time is probably the swing you're going to be taking into next season. So does that mean we're putting pressure on you now to get those adjustments made? Absolutely. So sometimes I think when we get to the holiday season, we think about a lot of other things and family and life, and all of that is important, obviously. That's what the holiday season's about. But it's also the time of year that we need to build in and put in enough time to get your swing ready for the next spring season. As I tell all of our players, when we get to that January, February period, I'm focusing more on your approach, building in a plan that will allow you to succeed in the game based on what your swing is at that time. So it's the great thing about our sequential hitting plan is it's telling you how to do those things in a particular order. And when you're following the first four to six weeks of the plan, it's doing just that, building a more effective and efficient swing. But come the new year, it transitions into how to hit in a game. So I want to put a little pressure on you right now that you need to be thinking about what you need to do to complete in the next four weeks your swing adjustments that will take you into next year. This is the time right now that we are really developing the player that you're going to be in April through July. While you may be thinking about sugar plums dancing in your head, you need to be thinking about ground force and scap load because come January 1, what we're going to be talking about is getting your timing set and getting your approach ready for next season. At that time, your swing is your swing. So, shorter segment today because you need to go out and practice. You got four weeks left in order to get your swing ready for next season. Let us help you do that at EliteBaseball.tv where our sequential hitting plan is kicking off right now on the mechanical adjustments you need to be making. Until next time, this is Justin Stone with EliteBaseball.tv. We'll see you on the field. Great stuff as always from great people up there at EliteBaseball.tv. Thank you for your continued participation and always believing in our show since day one. Couldn't have grown to where we are without guys like Justin Stone.
That'll do it for us this week. I hope, uh, again, I, you know, just really some thoughts. Uh, I know sometimes guys turn in hoping we're going to have a guest on that's going to give them some epiphany about a training thing or, or, or something new in the, the new age of launch angles or exit speeds. Um, try to take into account that, you know, for all of us to do all this stuff we're doing, again, as I mentioned before, somebody somewhere is doing an awful lot of planning to make sure these things uh, all work out. One of the things I didn't mention that I always challenge as you're doing your 2018 planning, and this is my challenge to all of you no matter the age, schedule a minimum of one uncoached practice, I'll say a month. I mean, the season's not that long. I would say every two weeks. Schedule an unsupervised practice. Take your kids to a baseball diamond, give them a cork ball bat and a tennis ball, give them some throwdown bases, tell them we'll see you in a couple hours. Don't pick teams, don't do anything, tell them to have some fun and you'll see them in a couple hours. Give them some wiffle balls and wiffle ball bats, do whatever you got to do. We used to do it inside. The last 30 minutes of all of our indoor practices were dedicated to a wiffle ball game. It was awesome. I'm telling you guys, we got to get a sandlot mentality back for these kids. They need to learn how to figure some things out. They need to learn how to have some fun. They need to learn how to take some ownership. They will be okay for all my snowflakes out there. We can't leave them. We can't leave them with baseball bats. We can't leave them with balls. We can't leave them out. We did it just 30 years ago every day. Somebody going to get hit? Yep. Somebody going to get a busted nose? Yep. Somebody going to get their feelings hurt because they get picked last? Yep. Welcome to the real world, folks. But I challenge you to have an unsupervised practice at least once a month, if not once every two to three weeks. That's my challenge to you from Youth Baseball Talk. I'm your host, Jim Cromer. Special thanks again to theropetrainer.com. Couldn't do the show without them. Of course, my good friend Kurt McNabb and Dirtbag Baseball Nation. Uh, couldn't do it without EliteBaseball.tv and everything Justin Stone and Travis Kerber have done for me from the beginning. Please check us out at youthbaseballtalk.com. Again, you can subscribe to the show. You can also do your shopping through Amazon. Check us out on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Our biggest ask of you is go to Facebook, simply type in Youth Baseball Talk, follow us, click the Invite Your Friends button, and invite all your friends that are involved in this wonderful game. Find us on Instagram as well, Youth Baseball Talk. And again, special thanks, as always, to lineupmedia.fm. They take your entertainment time very seriously. Give them an opportunity for your business. For my producer, Brian Crock and Andrew Allen, I'm Jim Cromer. This is Youth Baseball Talk. See you on the field. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.